0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Across the Cemetery, I'm Josh and I'm Emma and this week there has been a massive surprise in our world, Emma is going to host an episode.
1: I have hosted episodes before you know.
0: I can't remember the last one. Vampires? <laughs> All the many many moons ago.
1: Okay, so how was your week?
0: It's been fine, how was yours, how was you've you been nothing eventful. Fine. <laughs> Leave me alone, I've been sick.
1: Yeah, like, it's been the longest week this week hasn't it? It feels like it, yeah. We tried it the 13th today. saying that, it
0: was the full... Hello.
1: Hi Loki. He sat next to us, he's joining in.
0: How was your week Loki? What is it? Good one. Have a good time?
1: He can new toys, who he is, so he's had a good week.
0: You make loads of friends? He just Probably not, she you never leave the house but...
1: He just lives with his sister. <laughs>
0: oh, he's on his cushion now, he's, he's happy.
1: What
0: were you saying? Oh, yeah, the <laughs> first full week back after, oh, after Christmas, Christmas yeah. 2022, so yeah, I think it was always going to be a long one, regardless. But I was sick this week, so it was extra long for me.
1: And the Christmas treats are going away soon, like do, we've nearly ate them all.
0: Yeah, that's sad, <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't have it's to all... buy as many biscuits. Yeah, true, so that's a positive, I think.
1: Yeah, but we love biscuits.
0: I do love biscuits anyway. What is your episode about this week, or oh, do you have like an introduction? It's over to you.
1: Okay. So this week we are going to be exploring paranormal investigations or ghost hunting. I'll be referring to the two throughout, so I'm just warning you now. Um when researching it I found more history when I looked up ghost hunting, and it's also easier for me to say with the Lisp. So yes, I know I've got a Lisp.
0: Um, so does everyone else, you mention it every time you talk.
1: Whoever put S in a lis- in Lisp as well is not very nice, are they?
0: I'm sure you said that last time as well. <laughs>
1: So yeah, we're all familiar with this topic in a sense, whether we consume media which focuses on paranormal investigations or we may even consider ourselves quite the ghost hunter. So ghost hunting is where one or several people investigate several locations that are allegedly habitat to the paranormal. The ghost hunters will gather as much evidence as they can to prove that the place is haunted and they will do so using a variety of tools such as an EMF meter, Night vision goggles slash cameras, video cameras and audio recorders to name a few. Over the years, paranormal investigations have been criticised and not taken seriously due to the apparent lack of scientific evidence. No scientist has ever been able to prove that ghosts do exist. Right, so what do you think about paranormal investigations?
0: Um For the most part I do think there is a lot of truth to them. The science is obviously questionable, but I I think that's because we can't actually confirm nor deny that there is ghosts or an afterlife. Mm-hmm. That's something we, I don't want to say never, but at the moment we definitely can't confirm nor deny that there's an afterlife. So the methods we're using are basically to, and what, what's the phrase, like? and no end, does that yeah. make sense? That they, we're doing something, and we're getting this evidence, but we can't say whether the evidence is real or not, because we don't know what it is.
1: A bit like religion. <sighs>
0: <This> again. <laughs> you can't just offend every religion in the world every week. It's not right.
1: Um, but yet, the psychic that I went to say, mm-hmm. she said that, um, like, the ghosts and that don't really... Like, you, when you're asleep, you go through like a REM, like rapid eye, eye movement is it or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, And she said like your your family make you kind of forget that you've spent time with them throughout your dreams or whatever because they don't want you to know that there's an afterlife because they don't want you to try and get there or something like before you're meant to.
0: I, I like the idea of that, but at the same time I'm thinking a I lot of yeah. people, a lot of people have bad families and they're full of dickheads. Yeah. So that would necessarily be the case for absolutely everyone. And you have it? bad
1: dreams as well, don't you?
0: And you also have bad dreams.
1: Yeah. Oh well. So, um, so what comes into your head when I mention paranormal investigation?
0: Um, Zach Bacon's <laughs> stickman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hockey pucks on the floor that just scream every now and then to alert people when they're always walking down round dark rooms.
1: <laughs> I didn't even think of them. Yeah.
0: Um, things of that nature.
1: I think of Ouija boards and Zach Vegan. See,
0: is that paranormal investigation or is that just being a dickhead?
1: <laughs> I would say it's a bit of a paranormal investigation. It's like a seance, isn't it? I,
0: I think that's like going into a lion's enclosure and then poking them with a stick because they're not running about roaring.
1: Yeah, and true, like, anyone can come through on a Ouija board, can't they? Exactly. And pretend to be someone else. It could else. be a lion. It could be a lion.
0: And that wouldn't be good.
1: No. <laughs> um, so, do you think ghosts are real? Yeah. Okay. Podcast over.
0: <laughs> I told you, ghost story, we solved it the other day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, I always think of, like I've just said, Zach Bagans and Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. But I also think of Derek Akora and Most Haunted. Yeah, and he's a scouser. Ghost hunting was popularised in, fa- in the 2000s by television programmes such as Most Haunted and Ghost Hunters. This also was combined with the increasing availability of high-tech equipment. The Atlantic Paranormal Society have reported a doubling in their membership in the late 2000s, and they attributed this to the television programmes like Ghost Adventures and Ghost, ha- um, Ghost Hunters. So, from the beginning of time, there's always been questions about life and death, and there probably always will be questions about life after death, life and death, until one day it's proven by science, or when we each go there ourselves. So, the stories that I have for you are going to focus on paranormal investigations slash ghost hunting. <laughs> so, I'm trying to look into how the tactics have changed over the year, but um a lot of them have stayed the same, because... What else can you do apart from try and make contact with a ghost? You can't like capture ghosts like on Ghostbusters.
0: Well, still, yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, you don't know what's possible until it's done. Yeah, so, exactly. No one thought we'd have cars that drove themselves until we had cars that drove themselves.
1: Yeah, true. No one thought that. Well, no one imagined like smartphones and that. Be, yeah, if you
0: said to someone in eighteen fifty, in hundred and twenty years' time, somebody would have been to the moon. Yeah. They would have been, no. Fuck
1: off. Yeah. They would have said the earth was flat as well,
0: probably. Yeah, more than likely. <laughs> I think we were going in black and white and walking really quick, but well, that's beside the point.
1: So, the earliest reference to Ghost Hunting and the first ever Western haunted story to be written that I can find is based upon a letter that the author Pliny, or Pliny, Pliny, P-L-I-N-Y.
0: Pliny.
1: Pliny the Younger wrote to a friend about 2000 years ago. All
0: right.
1: He opens the letter with saying, I am extremely desirous therefore to know your sentiments concerning spectre, spectres, whether you believe they actually exist or have their own proper shapes and measure, measure of divinity or are they only the false impressions of a terrified imagination. So and then he goes on to tell you the story, so I've got the actual story I'm gonna read it.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: it's a story, but he wrote it in a letter to a friend.
0: So did you just, like, the friend just keep a copy of the letter and, like, monetize it?
1: I'm guessing so, yeah. printed
0: it, it and sent it out to a, everyone for like...
1: Well, over two thousand years ago, would it have been on paper? Can people even write that?
0: Well, yeah, obviously the must have. When do you think the Bible was written? Oh well, yeah, we've got religion, <laughs> move on.
1: Okay. There was at Athens a large and spacious but ill-reputed and presidential house. In the dead of night, a noise resembling the clashing of iron was frequently heard, which, if you listened more attentively, sounded like the rattling of fetters. So, fetters are like chains that were on your feet, like in the gladiator time.
0: Oh,
1: right. At um, first, it seemed at a distance, but approached nearer by degrees. Immediately afterward, a phantom appeared in the form of an old man. He says extremely meagre and squalid, so I'm guessing that means old and frail, Mm. because he has a long beard and bristling hair. He rattles the chains on his feet and hands. The poor inhabitants, I'm guessing, means of the home. Yeah. Consequently passed sleepless nights under the most dismal terrors imaginable. This, as it broke their rest threw them into distembers, which as their horrors of mind increased, proved in the end fatal to their lives. For even in the daytime, though the spectre did not appear, yet the remembrance of it made such a strong impression on their imagination that it still seemed before their eyes, and their terror remained when the cause of it was gone. By this means, the house was at last deserted, as being judged by everyone to be absolutely unhabib-
0: unhabitable?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, that it was now, now entirely abandoned to the ghost. However, in hopes that some tenant might be found who was ignor- ignorant of the great calamity which attended it, a bill was put up giving notice that it was to either be let or sold. So it happened that... Ephon Odonorus, the philosopher, came to Athens at the time, and reading this bill ascertained the price the extraordinary cheapness raised his suspicion, nevertheless when he heard the whole story he was so far from being discouraged that he was more strongly inclined to hire it and in short, actually did so when it grew towards evening he ordered a couch to be prepared for him in the fore part of the house and after calling for a light together with his pen and tablet, see, it's on tablet he directed all his people to retire within but then his mind might not for want of employment be open to the vain terrors of imaginary noises and apparitions he applied himself to writing with all his facilities faculties so like he paid attention to writing and didn't listen to so like looked for a ghost the first part of the night passed with usual silence then began the clanking of iron fetters However, he neither lifted up his eyes nor laid down his pen, but closed his ears by concentrating his ten- uh, by concentrating on his letters. The noise increased and advanced nearer till it seemed at the door, and at last in the chamber. He looked around and saw the apparition exactly as it had been described to him. It stood before him, beckoning with the finger. Aphrodina, Aphrodonorus, made a sign with his hand that's, that said. That the ghost should wait a little mm-hmm. and bent again to his writing. <laughs> but the ghost rattling its chains over, its head as it, over his head as he wrote, he looked round and saw it beckoning as before. Upon this, he immediately took his lamp and followed it. The ghost slowly stalked along as if encumbered with its chains, and having turned into the courtyard, courtyard of the house, suddenly vanished. Aphrodonorus, being thus stis- disastrous, deserted, marked the spot with a handful of grass and leaves. The next day he went to the magistrates and advised them to order that spot to be dug up. There they found bones, commingled and intertwined with chains, for the body had been, had been moulded away by long lying in the ground, leaving them bare and by the by the fetters. The bones were collected and buried at the public expense, And after the ghost, and after this, the ghost was thus duly laid to rest. The house was haunted no more.
0: So, why did the ghost try, or why did the ghost kill the first people and then left Odonis or Odonis?
1: So, I think from what I'm guessing, I think they killed themselves because they didn't, they couldn't cope with the haunting anymore.
0: Yeah, but then one night, and this other fella just fucking solved the whole thing.
1: He believes, so I'll I'll tell you about Odonis now. Adonis, Adonis, they So, the evacuation revealed a skeleton that was bound with chains but no one really knows who Pliny is referring to in the letter but apparently, Aphodonis was a real person who was allegedly a, um, a legendary ghost hunter.
0: Right.
1: So, while his transcription of this folklore brief, it also shows a small insight into the ghost hunting techniques that took place in Classical Rome. So...
0: Ignore them and, we- and then wait a minute.
1: So could we argue that digging up skeletal remains remains a ghost hunting technique, or does that, like, wake them?
0: Well, <coughs> it didn't wake them, did it? Or him or her? Well, I assume it was Magsad had... Yeah. Because once they took the bones up and buried them properly, mm-hmm. I imagine without fetters... The ghost was no more. So, would that not tell you that it, it lays them to rest, it puts them at peace, so yeah. they're no longer a, uh unbalanced spirit?
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> there's a similar story from 1904 in which the bones were discovered under the cabin, under a cabin of the Fox sisters. The Fox sisters are legendary spiritualists as well.
0: There's something spooky going on with these spiritualists, isn't there? These yeah. ghost hunters, they're all having bones in the houses.
1: Yeah, so. Boston Journal published a story about this discovery and claimed that it was supposedly the body of a peddler and um, the police at the time didn't at the time didn't open an investigation as a physician examined the bones and found that it, it um, and concluded that it consisted of random bits of bones and there was apparently chicken bones in there as well uh. um, but a few years later a peddler tin box was claimed to have been found in the foxes ladies' cellar. Oh. But um, there was no mention of the box in earlier accounts of the finding. So, are people just putting bones there? And then getting themselves work, or are the bones there?
0: Yeah, well, there's two sides to it, isn't it? So, the fact that the box was there is quite suspicious, but at the same time, the fact that they found chicken bones in the same pit Mm -hmm. would make you think that maybe they're trying to pass off, like, say that was a, a a finger bone or something. Yeah, obviously, chicken There's bones are being very small.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So but it, it's two sides.
1: The fact that it wasn't mentioned in the earlier accounts, maybe they've just found a peddler box now. Oh
0: well, yeah, that's it. He died in the local vicinity. Yeah. And um, he was just there before the cabin was there or something. Then yeah. maybe it was just, they just found it when they are out one day. Yeah. Potentially.
1: Other than those two stories, there does not seem to be much written about ghost hunting during the Middle Ages. And this is likely because they probably would have been met with accusations of witchcraft.
0: Yeah, I get that. Mm. So it did seem to jump from like the year nothing to 1900.
1: Yeah. Um, but this one is a, late, um, a rare example, but it is 1662. Um, and it's like the first known poltergeist story, mm. other than the one that we've just said. Um, it's called The Drummer of Tedworth, and it was investigated by... Joseph Glanville. I'll read the first called "The Demon Drummer of Tedworth, actually, sorry." Oh. Tedworth, England, sixteen sixty one, which is now called Tidworth in Wiltshire. John Monpesson, a highly admired magistrate, began to pl- be played with a horrendous, horrendous disturbance. Mister Monpesson found out it was a named William Dr- Drury. He'd been promenading through the streets of Tedworth for numerous days, and banging a drum. He it
0: was drum.
1: He was a homeless man as well. Oh,
0: right.
1: This caused annoyance between the residents of the town and the magistrate, John, um, confiscated Mr Jury's drum and, ha- drum and had him arrested. This angered William Drury, who then cursed Mr. Monpesson's house and said he would not eradicate the curse until his drum was returned to him. So, John returned home to Tedworth without another thought for the drummer or his unwelcome rhythms. However, the drum had appeared at the Magistrates' house. Oh, the the
0: house that was cursed? Yeah,
1: John. The magistrate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is when the misfortune began. Night after night, the pounding of a drum and hammering on both the doors and the roof could be heard in the Monpesson residence. Monpesson, John Monpesson. I'll just call him John now. Stop saying his surname. It's probably easier. John chased the sounds throughout the house with his pistol drawn, but there was no signs of the drumming intruder. After a month had passed, the drumming increased in its aggression and ruthlessly began moving inside the house and terrorising the room, wherever the instrument was placed. This was unnerving enough for the family, but the fear began to increase as the sounds began to focus on the children's bedrooms. The drumming continued, but the presence began to cause further mayhem. The children were subject to their hair being pulled, their shoes being thrown out, and they were being hailed from their beds while they were sleeping. Loud animalistic scratching emerged from beneath the children's beds, and their bed frames were beaten, and the children shaken and lifted from their beds. The sounds and the restless sleep would continue for two years, but the sounds were not only confined to the night, they rattled about the house in the daytime too. There was objects moving by unseen hands, and it frightened the staff of John. Like the family that they served, they were also lifted from their beds, they had their bed covers thrown back, and their possessions were cast about the room. Some were even pinned to their beds, and despite attempts to chase, to chase the unseen spirit with swords, the paranormal activity continued. Meanwhile, the drumming had become so loud at times that it woke nearby villages and t- turned the house into a public curiosity. Inside the house, lights were seen moving around independently, and the house had horrible smells coming from unknown sources. So enough was enough for the for John's family. Um, after John's wife found her Bible in the fireplace, and John also found his favorite horse lying on the ground with its hind leg wedged into its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, they were aggravated by this unwelcome comp- company. So they instructed the help of Charles II's chaplain, Joseph Granville. So, Joseph Glanville was one of the first ever intell- intellectuals to research the paranormal. His handling of the drummer of could be considered the first exemplar of ghost hunting and how to conduct the same. He tells of, a- of his visit to the magistrate's house in a book titled Sadiqa Suman. Try, a- try a... hang on, bear with me.
0: <laughs> but That was a, a really easy one to say when they were announcing it on the 81600 radio.
1: 1681, it was announced, but um, have the... I got to say that for me? I've been practicing, but so I can't say it. <laughs> too many S's.
0: <laughs> ismus triumphatus.
1: Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll post about it in the bio thing so you can you can read it if you really want So,
0: but what if... we've learned is Emma can't read.
1: Emma's just, Emma's just passed the qualification. She got a certificate today. Yeah, yeah, it is. the
0: like nursery-level reading.
1: It's great. <laughs> a, B, C, D. So, during his paranormal investigation of the property, he, wi- he did to witness implausible things, but he could not ascertain a reason for such. He writes that on his first night of keeping watch at the haunted site, he heard strange scratching as he ventured towards the bedroom of the children. He confirmed that the children couldn't have been plausible for this noise and he checked around the bed. So, after half an hour of scratching, the noise turned into heavy panting and so heavy it shook the room. Glanville searched for a dog or cat or any such creature in the room but there was nothing and no tangible explanation for it. So when I was looking at his book, the one I've just mentioned that I can't say, he is more of a sceptic so he tries to prove that things aren't haunted yeah but he can't like in this case
0: okay just think that potentially he's trying so hard to prove it wrong so he's not considered because if that is the middle ages he's yeah. not considered yeah a, we, a weirdo
1: so i was reading he's he wants people to believe in like god and faith and he believes that if you believe in ghosts, you believe in God and faith. But he he believes in he believes in all this stuff, but he can't prove otherwise. Like he, he can't give people evidence of the same. But then he also is sceptic about it because he can't prove it. So like he wants to believe in God, but he can't.
0: Right, okay, so he's trying to prove it. Yeah. But he can't, but just, I guess that's my counter-argument. Do you think he's saying he can't prove it, but he actually could? Because obviously, like you just said, the bed frame's moving. Yeah. If there was drumming, there was a horse with its foot in its mouth yeah. for some reason. how would
1: the horse do that itself, really?
0: Yeah, horses don't do that.
1: Horses don't really just lie down, do they?
0: I hope it was alright. Just...
1: Yeah, I hope it was alright. But Yeah, so... <clears throat>
0: Stop fighting your pair of cunts.
1: It's the cats, not the ghosts. (laughs) Um, So he moved to the room where the troubles were first noticed and he said he slept well until a loud knocking began. He asked who was there, but no answer came until he demanded. And he said, in the name of God, who is it and what what would you have? And then a stern voice answered, nothing with you. And then after his visit, the drumming had not been heard since and the poltergeist appears to have vanished. So, I'm going to talk briefly about Joseph now.
0: Okay.
1: He was a 17th century clergyman and a member of the Royal Society and was one of the first intellectuals, i first said this, but to, talk, to take scientific interest in paranormal claims. He was described as the father of physical research by the 20th century ghost hunter Harry Price. So, Glanville's curiosity of applying scientific understanding to the supernatural phenomena formed a new technique for writers and scholars on this subject. In Glanville's account of the poltergeist type phenomenon at John's house in North Tidworth he sent a letter to another member of the Royal Society and he suggested that alongside the Society's other branches of investigations the same approaches should be used to compile, compile a natural history of the supernatural. His documented investigation of the drama of Tidworth is one of the earliest examples of the art and science of ghost hunting.
0: Makes sense, what are you saying? If you use the same methods over and over again, it makes it like a sort of fair test?
1: Yeah, so although the Royal Society never did undertake such such investigations of the natural history of the supernatural, it did display some interest in examining the natures, and Glanville would often undertake investigations into local matters. So he went yeah. and investigated that.
0: Again, I wonder if that's because they don't want to be seen to be dabbling in that sort yeah. of thing. Is They have got a bit of an interest and they do want to, but yeah. they can't be seen to be doing it. Which, so so I, they just let the, him grapple for it, just like cannon fodder.
1: Yeah. Well, he he was in with the king, wasn't he? So he used to oh. so. so.
0: The king was in on it as well.
1: What is that? There's a, hello. There's a queen that was into the haunts and stuff, wasn't it? Victoria? Oh yeah, because her husband died or something, didn't it? Yeah, when didn't she it? was
0: young. Did I mention this we
1: few this? Um, I think we touched on it briefly, but I don't know if it was... I can't remember, I just read about it yeah. or I've spoke about it. I don't, yeah, that's what I mean, I don't know if me and you have just spoke about it. Yeah, essentially, <laughs>
0: it. Queen Victoria briefly, husband died when she was quite young um and she wore black for the rest of her reign and she was like the longest reign of monarch. Other than Queen Elizabeth II, she reigned for just shy of 70 years, I believe. Really? And Queen Elizabeth II was like 72, it something like that.
1: I'm not sure, I should probably know that, I
0: but I don't. Remember. It was last year, the Platinum Jubilee yeah. passed away in the same year as
1: Party Dupes. <laughs>
0: yeah, we got an extra bank holiday for her. And we're
1: going to get another one, when Charlie's.
0: Yeah, keep the night. Not counting down or anything.
1: No, we didn't want the Queen to die. Awesome. Okay, so while he was often referred to as a sceptic, se- like I've previously said, so what I've done, I've jumped ahead when I've been reading, so like, not jumped ahead, but like, because I know this, because I've been researching it, when I'm telling you stuff, i come to it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> do you want to read
0: So why don't you write your script in a method that makes sense <laughs> to a storyline?
1: Um. So yeah. He used the term in the modern sense of, he was a disbeliever, and he wanted to apply scientific standards to the, the alleged happenings in order to discover the truth. Because yeah. he didn't want to say that it was like a ghost, and then he couldn't prove it.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So, now moving on to recent years.
0: Mm.
1: Um And I'm sure most paranormal fans are familiar with this couple. <sighs> Don't you like them? Who does? Right, okay, so who am I talking about?
0: The fucking two fraudsters.
1: <laughs> Edward. I'll come up and say it. I'm not saying it. They're both dead now, they could haunt us.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't be able to fucking find themselves, would they?
1: <laughs> so, Ed Warren and Lorraine Warren were American paranormal investigators and authors associated with prominent cases of alleged hauntings. Edward was a self-taught and self-professed demonologist, author and lecturer. Lorraine professed to be a clairvoyant and a light trance medium who worked closely with her husband. Lorraine stated that around seven or eight she began to see auras around people. However, she kept these powers to herself in case people thought she was crazy. She claimed to communicate with entities via trances and sea spirits. She She also said that she felt... Spiritual activity and she heard the dead all powers. She claims to have developed since Catholic school Between the age of seven eight or nine. So we can't find the exact age that she was no. so When she was nine allegedly she noticed auras and said to her classmate look sister Joseph's lights are brighter than mother superiors um, and then she was even tested by UCLA parapsychologists. Para-psycholo- mm. And they dubbed her as a light trance medium. But when she was younger, she just assumed that they all had the same abilities. Then when she was 12, um, this all changed. She recalled in her book, The Demonologist. It was a, it was a, an event. I'm not sure what it is. It says Arbor Day. So I I think that was like an American thing, you know, like where they have like, them Sadie Hawkins dances and stuff like that. Not
0: really, but um, yeah, that's
1: what you I an all-girls private school and her classmates had just planted a sapling and she said, "'Just as soon as they put the sapling in the ground, "'I saw it as a fully-grown tree "'filled with leaves blowing in the wind,' she said. "'When a nun asked her why she was staring at the sky, "'Lorraine said, "'I told her I was just looking up into the tree "'and the sister asked her, "'Are you seeing the future?' And Lorraine answered, yes, I guess I am. But, it's a tree. You've just planted a tree. You're going to know it's going to be a tree.
0: That's like me standing outside. We live on a main road. Looking at the road, And going, like, moving me head backwards and forwards there quick. While nothing's there. And Emma coming out to me up, Are you looking at cars going past in the future? <laughs> and me saying, yeah.
1: Yes, I guess I am, she said. Okay, so... Edward, well, Ed, believed he grew up in a haunted house and due to this he became a self-educated demonologist. In his old home, doors would reportedly fly open and lights merged into once-living people, such as the family's landlady, who looked semi-transparent, was wearing what looked like some sort of shroud, and then she vanished. Ed also claimed to dream about relatives he'd never met, Including an aunt who would send him messages about his future, telling him that he would help many priests but never become a priest himself. When Ed was five, he claimed to see an apparition, a dot of light that grew until it became its family's landlady, who had died the year before.
0: Is that the same shroud
1: Yeah. And then she said about the um, she said he's not going to work close with he's going to work close with priests, but he's never going to become a priest. So he back this off by saying, I'm not a priest today, but I do work closely with them. Because obviously, like, exorcisms and stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: Josh was pulling a face then. Um, so he also took art classes after the war and began selling his paintings on roadsides. There's a reason why I'm telling you this, by the way. I'm not just telling you about um, We see this in the Conjuring movies too. But Ed began to merge his talents as an artist and his talent or gift, would you say, as a demonologist. Um, so, this is then quoted in a newspaper. Um, we began our marriage under the assumption that we were going to be artists. However, rather than painting landscapes, the, Warren, the Warrens decided on a more unusual subject on which to focus. So, they used to draw haunted houses. Right. So, they go to the house, so they'd look in newspapers at haunted houses, like, houses, and then they'd allegedly get like a feeling that, that was haunted. Okay. And then they'd go to that house, sketch them, and then knock on the door, and then they'd say to the homeowner, You can have this sketch if you let me come into your house and I'll give you information about your haunted house. So if the story was compelling enough once they'd visited the house, they would paint that house and then sell the artwork later.
0: And then I imagine kind of like, a bit further down the line, after they got into the house, after they told them in quotation marks about their haunting, mm-hmm. there was some sort of exchange of money.
1: Yeah, they'd make them buy the house, the painting.
0: Wow, that's that's a coincidence isn't
1: it? So they spent about five years going around the United States painting and investigating haunted houses. Okay. But, can you believe that Lorraine was a sceptic at first?
0: No was a have thunk it.
1: She said in the beginning, I was a bit more than, I was more than a bit wary of the people with whom we spoke. I thought they were kind of suffering from overactive imaginations or were just making things up to get attention.
0: The people you were selling paintings to?
1: Yeah. And like people they like spoke to about ghosts.
0: They're the one Conan, I mean selling paintings to Conan!
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then Lorraine began to notice similarities between each experience. For including from people who she'd never met before and who were from opposite sides of the country. So like someone would have an, an experience and then someone else from another side of the country would have a similar experience and they'd never met. So that's when she started to believe that they happened. Like it was true.
0: I believe that can happen but I believe people bring will say it happens more often than it does.
1: Will you agree with Lorraine then?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm a bit sceptical about a lot of a lot of Happening because i think it's like a placebo effect or a sort of
1: yeah like you once you imagine something you like like say when you watch a horror film you'll go to the toilet in the night and be like, there's something,
0: yeah there's so something. If, if i watch a horror film about a werewolf yeah i'm gonna go to the toilet in the night and think shit there's a werewolf in the landing but i won't be thinking about uh, a poltergeist or a ghost or something like that but, like, i'll be thinking about a werewolf
1: yeah, but they're more likely to not be real than a ghost or a poltergeist. That's
0: not. Fuck oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not what the argument's about. This is an example. <laughs> I'm saying if I have one thing in my mind, I'm more likely to think about that thing. Yeah. So if somebody reads in the newspaper, for example, because I know it was like the 60s or 70s. Yeah. They read in the newspaper or see on the TV, oh, somebody had this vision about this particular house and it had a special type mm-hmm. of window or something like that.
1: Well the Antwerp Horror had that special type of window? Yeah,
0: that something <laughs> like that. Then somebody's gonna go, Oh, I had a dream the other day and there was a house in it. It must have been the house.
1: Yeah, true. Or like if someone takes a certain medication, they're like, Oh my god, my life changed and then someone else would take it.
0: Yeah, a hidden effect.
1: So yeah, what she became a believer anyway, once people apparently had the same. I
0: think it I do think it's real. I think it can happen. I just think a lot of them are Hidden effects rather than yeah yeah actual experiences
1: yeah so in 1952 the Warrens founded the New England Society for Physical Research this was the oldest group hunt, ghost hunting group in New England and in the basement center in the basement of this research center they began their own occult museum which held satanic objects and de- demonic relics relics from their investigations nowadays I didn't really include this because I wanted to just talk about them, but their son-in-law and daughter run this now. Hmm. But it's closed for the public, but
0: Do you pay a special price, you get in.
1: Well, Zach got to. Bo- Zach has got to borrow Annabelle for a bit. I
0: just, tiff. <laughs> I just feel like I'm gonna touch it.
1: Yeah, so he, he did touch it, but um, I've got their daughter on Facebook. <laughs>
0: So maybe you can get us in. <laughs> Just don't let them hear
1: what i am saying. Maybe I'll go <come> alone. <laughs> I maybe mean, probably
0: will, yeah.
1: Um, they also authored many books about the paranormal and their private investigations into various reports of paranormal activity. They claim to have investigated well over ten thousand cases during their career. They were also the first investigators on the Amterville case, and that is apparently where they got their big break. This was the story of the Lutz family in Long in a Long in a Long Island house. The story has also had more than twenty films about it made. And Lorraine, I'm not sure if Ez was alive for a lot of them, but Lorraine's also been like a consult on them films. Of
0: course she has. <laughs> of course she has. I, I, I would also imagine the Warren family has royalty agreements on most of the films.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we're obviously familiar with their work
0: course, you can't fucking walk down the street without bumping into something to do with the, the Warrens.
1: I do like I do like the Conjuring films, though. But <coughs> I think I like I don't I like them if I don't think about Ed and Lorraine. If I just think they're like,
0: I want to like their work and what they did. It's just the way they went about everything, and I've got a feeling you're gonna go on to something that so I'm not gonna delve into too much. But the way they faces seem to appear yeah. when something happened.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about Ed and Lorraine, um, a bit about the history. Um, I'm going to try and...
0: Okay, have you done something already?
1: No, I'm going to talk a bit more because I've got a bit of proof where they've apparently been like, debunked.
0: Oh, okay. And then, I'm, I'm here for that.
1: And then next week, I'm going to talk about one of the cases that they, they went on. Yeah, okay. So, we're obviously aware of the Conjuring universe. And, um, yeah, so I'm just going to talk about them. Apparently, in the Conjuring film, they have, like, this lovely romance. Um, They work together. They're they're very spooky, but they're nice. Um, So Lorraine and Ed married when they were both young. And Ed's always apparently had a thing for teenagers. Oh? So... Has he now? So when Ed was in his 30s, he allegedly met 15-year-old Judith Penny... And he began a sexual relationship with her. But apparently this was not only with Lorraine's knowledge. Lorraine gave her a bless- gave him her blessing. I'm talking about her because she's part of a few of the investigations, really.
0: Right. So is this actual, this is true fact, 100% real?
1: Well, this, this lady, as Judith, is still alive and she spoke about it.
0: So it is 100% factually correct. Yeah, the sexual relationship with a 15-year-old. Yes. Okay, so not only were these scholars doing nonsense as well.
1: Yeah. So, Judith said for the next 40 years, she had a sexual relationship with Ed. With Ed. And at first, she used to stay in a bedroom directly opposite the one occupied by the, by the married couple. But eventually, they moved her into an apartment built just for her above the home. So, this is a quote that she said in an interview. One night he'd sleep downstairs with her, and then one night he'd sleep upstairs so he'd go between the two ladies right um he allegedly got penny well judith penny pregnant in her 30s in 1978 and she wanted to um lorraine wanted her to tell everyone that someone had came into her apartment and raped her and then once the lady said that she wasn't going to do that they made her have an abortion but that night they picked her up after her abortion, and then they went out and lectured about ghosts and left it all alone. This is why they have a daughter in the house as well. <sighs> so, yeah, Lorraine persuaded to have it to make her have an abortion, because apparently the birth of a child could not become pu- public knowledge because any scandal could ruin the Warrens' business. And though, lo- and though, though Lorraine has claimed to be a devout Catholic. Edward's well, Ed's side. piece said the hey, real god is money.
0: Yeah. So the key you said there, it could ruin their business.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm telling you this because it's if you it, like, if you had such powers, wouldn't you just help people in a way? Like obviously, you yeah. can make some money.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. There the has to be an element of money making. People have to live. That's what makes this world go round. Unfortunately, so there has to be. Maybe you want to live comfortably. Mm-hmm. But to me, that seems like they're out. The reason I don't like them so much is that they're out to make it as much as possible.
1: Yeah, they're like, they're like this all-American family really, are
0: Well, that's the other thing. It's a it's around the time of... Well, I know there was hiccups here and there, but generally, America was like this big uh, economical power. Mm-hmm. It was a real rise in, in sort of wealth in, that, in America at the time. Yeah. Generally. So... They Could prey on a lot of people, and nine times out of ten, then people will have spare money.
1: Yeah, well, um, he was a businessman, he used to sell paintings on his side on the wrong roadside
0: with stories.
1: Yeah, but um, the reason I've told you about Judith is Judith Penny is because I'm going to mention her again in a second about a ghost story, but yeah, just touching on the fact that Lorraine said. we that the woman said Lorraine's real god is her money. Um, when making the movie deal with New Line Cinema, so this was for The Conjuring films, right. um, Lorraine said that The Conjuring movies cannot do anything to sully her husband's reputation and they mustn't show him engaging in crimes which included sex with minors, child pornography, prostitution or sexual assault. So
0: whoa whoa, 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 hold on, so there was a lot more there than, than what he just, you just told us.
1: So neither the husband nor wife apparently could be depicted in participating in an extramarital sexual relationship. So, the fact that she said this means that he probably done a lot more than we know.
0: But she's a hypocrite.
1: Well, yeah, but she, she...
0: She consented to it, that's what I mean, she's yeah. a hypocrite, she consented to it all, but then doesn't want that show up. But
1: she's saying it's not happened. She's denying. well, she passed away now, but she was denying it. But why would you ask for that clause in a contract if you had nothing to do with that?
0: Yes, yeah, again, two sides This every... was
1: before Judith's story came out, actually.
0: Two sides to every argument, though, isn't it? That, that is That very specific, so it would raise suspicions. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that might, in the movie business, that might be quite a, yeah. a regular thing because what if one day a filmmaker decides that he doesn't like you and mm-hmm. wants to depict you as a horrible person? Yeah. And you're not there to defend yourself?
1: Yeah, true, but if you didn't have anything to worry about, you wouldn't have to...
0: Yeah, it advantage. wouldn't be the first thing that springs to mind. Y- yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So, anyway, Judith said that she helped Ed maintain his reputation as a ghost hunter and he claimed to have captured the white lady on camera. This was a ghost who was supposedly haunts Union Cemetery in Eastern Connecticut. So, he caught the, the ghost on tape in the summer of 1990 after camping out in the graveyard for a week. But, Judith claims that Ed wanted to make a video so bad that would show the white lady, so she put a white sheet on for the recorder and walked around the graveyard.
0: Okay. And as much as I'd like to just sit here and bash them, how much can we rely on Jesus?
1: Well, the video has never been released. Oh, okay. (laughs) It must have been bad
0: then.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of, well, I wouldn't say negative views about the Warrens, but I I, I wouldn't say there's good views either, really. I'd heard briefly about that lady's story, but it was all very hush hush. So, even now, it's still not. I think the Warrens have a very good estate.
0: Yeah, yeah, got what
1: you mean. So I'm gonna tell you about the white lady,
0: the one that apparently was caught on film but never seen.
1: Yeah, because she she is apparently real. Like though Ed didn't find her, she is apparently real.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So legend has it that the white lady is the spirit of a woman who was murdered in the 1940s after she killed her husband. Others think it was another woman who had been killed at the turn of the 20th century. And had her body dumped in a sinkhole behind the church. Still, there's others who believe that it's a body of a woman who died during ch- childbirth and is roaming the church in search for her lost child. No one has ever gotten like proof of her on tape apart from Ed.
0: But no one's seen it, so it can't be verified. Yeah,
1: um, there are many eyewitnesses about the white lady and the. Union Cemetery is apparently one of the most haunted cemeteries in the whole of the United States. Oh, yeah. The white lady can be seen walking in front of people's cars as they drive along Route 59 late at night. The concerned drivers believe that they had hit a person, and when they exit their vehicles, they discover that no one was there. So, the name, the white lady, came from a witness saying that she wears a white gown, or what appears to be a wedding dress. She now wanders the haunted cemetery as a restless spirit. So, yeah, like I said before, Ed and Lorraine apparently set up cameras to record the investigation. And apparently, after two forty a.m., they heard the sound of a woman weeping, and a female form began to move several feet in their direction. But apparently, after they caught her on camera, the woman vanished from sight. So, is what they are talking about real? Do you
0: think? I I think the ghost is possible, but with the white lady, I think. That tale is when the World Cup final was on and we did that video for social media. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you can find it on our... TikTok. probably the best one because yeah. it's, it's combined. Um, there's a story I read for Argentina. Oh,
1: yeah, I forgot about based that. Based
0: in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm-hmm. was about the white a lady. I white lady, yeah. I think, there's a, I think there's, one, be... there's a story of that description from everywhere. Well,
1: Lila Ly- Rona's in a white dress, isn't she? You know the lady.
0: Yeah, that's that's a mother story. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, she, this is apparently a mum or a bride or.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that it's false. But there's like. But there's so many like, vague, so vague, vague stories. Yeah. That you you just don't know. And why are they always in white? Is it because uh, they don't get buried in white? Do they? Maybe well, something they used dying. to do
1: shrouds, didn't they? Like white shrouds. Yeah,
0: maybe, potentially. It's, it's one of them. I think, yes, potentially the, the spirit is real, yeah. but there's just one of them stories from absolutely everywhere.
1: So, sure, do you think that the Warrens fabricate a lot to sell books and convince the public, or do you think that they are as powerful as they are?
0: I, I wouldn't go as far to say as they fabricate everything. I think they're very good at exaggerating things. So, they get a piece of information and they can make the very, very most out of that piece of information. Yeah. Or they hear about something and they will go to the end of the earth to make themselves a part of it. Yeah.
1: And so they've got their name.
0: Yeah, on. exactly. They, they're everywhere. There was just a little noise then and I was looking at me like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> it, it was your coat oh. can.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, they nev- apparently they never did charge for their investigation and they primarily made their money through books, consulting on films, and teaching. So there was a growing curiosity in the occult in the late 1960s, and many of pe- many people they saw affected by the dark phenomena were college students. So they hoped that through their lectures they might discourage people to explore the occult alone, like unaided.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, do you reckon they're affected, or like college students are quite young, aren't they? They're away from home like experimenting with drugs especially in the 60s. Uh,
0: just a quick point as well which I think is actually very very relevant. There was a major increase in interest in the paranormal following the First World War, mm-hmm. the Second World War and what war was in the 1960s Vietnam. Oh yeah. Which is very prominent in America. Yeah. Obviously because it was an American war.
1: And Ouija boards used to be sold in like three sections didn't they?
0: Yeah, well, they, they were any. They used to be,
1: like, a parlour game.
0: Yeah, exactly, that's how they started. That, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a topic in it, in of it itself.
1: Yeah. So, do you reckon that the kids, that the kids could, like, the college students did see things, or do you reckon Ed and Lorraine would just, like, milk and... Them?
0: I think everyone's got their own ghost story, haven't they? Everyone's got yeah. a bit of an experience. Maybe if they nudged them in the right direction, mm-hmm. with the... Correct and not incentive so much, but the correct sorts of stimulants. They said the right things, they showed them the right pictures, making the right films. Yeah, then they're just gonna start thinking to themselves, Well, maybe that that shadow was a ghost, maybe that creaking door was somebody entering my room when they shouldn't have been there, something like you know, things like that.
1: I think if you're gonna go looking for something, you're gonna find it. Yeah, that sounds stupid because you are obviously, but yeah. I think if you if you go in the mind thinking I want to find a ghost, any like like I've just knocked a can then and I was like oh God what was that? Yeah.
0: Well, like we mentioned before about the films, if we watch a film about a werewolf, I'm going to be thinking there's a werewolf creeping about yeah. rather than a ghost because yeah. we've watched something about a werewolf. Yeah.
1: But I don't think there's like I don't think many like there's many ghost hunting techniques. I would say I think it is just a lot of you are trying to get whatever it is on camera. You see seeing like Ghost Adventures, Zach Began just starts shouting at them. And like that's gonna anger <laughs> throws them. His off. Meter. <laughs> yeah. Off. Yeah.
0: yeah. But like But is that not the point of ghost hunting? Because they try to get evidence.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's like a lot of the stuff is just like meters and reading and voice recordings and stuff. I don't think there's anything that you can use really. Yeah. I don't think you can like like where you can get like a blood test. I don't think there's like a test for ghosts.
0: But does that not switch back on what we said at the very start, where we don't know what we're actually looking for?
1: Yeah, well that's true. We might know what we're looking for. Yeah,
0: so we might get something on film, but we might
1: have seen, we might have seen something and we don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I'll leave it there for today.
0: Okay. Um, but
1: next week we're gonna be continuing this theme about pan famous paranormal investigations. I'm going to be talking about one that involved the warrants.
0: So a specific investigation?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to focus just on one because it's a very long one. Okay. And you'll probably... Yeah, you probably know what one I mean.
0: Yeah. Well, I do not yeah. (laughs) I don't know exactly which one you mean, but everyone else might know. So that was Emma's history on investigations. I thought it was quite interesting. I think the, the Granville guy... I think Glanford. he Granville, um, Sorry, I keep calling him Granville. I might say it. Wrong. I think that's a road round here, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he was the most real one. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
1: I want to read his book, but I was I looked at the text of it online. Uh-huh.
0: No, no, fucking chance You can't read the title.
1: That's what I mean. <laughs> it's in such like old English. Like I've read Shakespeare stuff, but this was hard. Like I read like the first page, I was like, no.
0: Yeah, you should see her on the weekend with a skull in one hand, candle in the other, and it's got, like, a fucking perch with a Shakespeare book. <laughs> Strange. No, I think he was the most real. Um, yeah, I do. I think he had the biggest interest. Um,
1: I believe that story the most as well, to be honest. But I liked Aphrodonis, or whatever his name was. The fact that he was like, wait there, let me finish this, to the ghost. Yeah, sassy <laughs>
0: motherfucker. He's fucking...
1: Zach Bacon. <laughs> yeah,
0: Zach Began's got nothing on it. Runs away. This guy, exactly this guy tells him breakfast. to wait.
1: <laughs> Imagine having that much weight, like, you're not that scared to be like, wait, there a so, or maybe he was shitting himself.
0: Maybe he's just playing it off. Yeah. On. <laughs> what a guy. With, with regards to the technology, you usually mention that the start, is there anything to prove the theory? Obviously, there's, voice recordings and video recorders that's just standard mm-hmm. we know what they do because we use them for other purposes yeah but like the other
1: like the EMF f- yeah and the
0: flashy and things was there anything you came across to say that they are like 100% Well, you can rely on them
1: next week I'm going to be talking about certain things that aren't apparently tr- as truthful
0: okay so, so you- like
1: the technologies that have been used
0: may not give off signals that are 100% real. Yeah, or okay. they can be,
1: like, tampered with.
0: Oh, okay. By other forces other than the paranormal? Yeah,
1: by, okay. the, like, by the investigators, basically. Well, I look forward to hearing about it. <laughs> they're all phonies.
0: <laughs> no, they're not. I've been on Twitter, I've seen them. There's so many on Twitter. Is there? Every other person. I never knew it. Really? So I've never you... looked
1: down, thing Because you're the Twitter person, really. Oh, yeah. If you've ever been
0: on social media, you'll notice that like, Instagram and TikTok are all like, really like, nice and airy-fairy. And it's just me <laughs> on Twitter calling people cunts all the time.
1: I do dabble on Twitter sometimes. Like, yeah. I, I did stop myself from saying the C word on Twitter.
0: If you see something nice on Twitter, like, have a nice day. Or about something, i helpful. That's Emma.
1: <laughs> or about a cat. No, you tweeted a cat video the other day. Uh, actually, on Twitter, I tweeted Satan.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that account's hilarious. I <laughs> know that is funny. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. On yeah. that note, actually, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at AXA Cemetery TikTok at AXA Cemetery Instagram at Across the Cemetery. You also you can also email us at across the cemetery at gmail.com. Just just send us anything, really.
1: Tell us what you feel about the Warrens.
0: Yeah, or ghost hunting in general. Have you ever been ghost hunting?
1: Yeah, what would you use for ghost hunting? So I think if I was ghost hunting, I wouldn't use anything, I'd just...
0: like Go with your senses. Yeah. See, I like pictures, and I think in conjunction with this, I will put up some pictures on our social medias oh, yeah. of when we went to that castle in Cheshire. Oh yeah,
1: in Warwick Castle, was
0: it? No, it wasn't Warwick Castle, you said this the other day. Oh yeah, <laughs> We listened to an episode of... was it Kev?
1: No, it was another one, I can't remember what it was called. Oh like, yeah, it
0: was a, it was around a new the fireplace. One. It was a new
1: one, it was around like the fire around the fireplace or something. We ran out of Kevin in it, it yeah.
0: <laughs> Make episodes quicker.
1: Even after signing up to Patreon.
0: <laughs> Still waiting for that chat <clears throat> <clears> on. <throat> anyway, um, yeah, so I've got some pictures that, there isn't like obvious apparitions or anything yeah. in the background, but all of the pictures I've got, with orbs or like mm. light blares in them it's quite strange so i'll put them up and uh, you can tell me what you think about them i'll do it when this episode's getting released
1: josh has just got a new phone as well with a new camera Woo! so maybe we'll see more ghosts in hd <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's a special camera for ghosts <laughs> i got it in black as Goth life
1: yeah so anyway we're gonna go eat burgers and watch a friday the 13th you're film you're in
0: for a treat Woo! <laughs> this bag gonna be immaculate um Thank you very much for listening, and um, we'll see you next week when Amazing. it won't be the Friday the 13th. And this episode isn't going to be out on Friday the 13th, we will just record it on Friday the 13th.
1: <laughs>
0: Happy Friday the 13th! Bye! Bye!
1: So, Ghost hunting was popular, popularised. Popularised. <laughs> Shhh. This is why I don't host episodes.
0: <laughs> I was like, how are you editing else? <laughs>